Hey everyone, welcome again to another episode of the Zachary Thayer Storyteller Podcast. This is a podcast where I tell stories from my life and the lives of the people I care about. And in this episode, I have something very special that I'm excited to share with you all. It's an interview I did with my friend Cole Callies. Cole Callies, it was, he was a student of the youth group that I volunteer with on Common Student Ministries, but now he has graduated high school. He has just recently started college and he's now serving as a youth leader with me. And it's just been cool to see him grow up. And in this episode, during this interview, I get to hear bits of his life story about how he grew up and how he discovered ultimately his purpose and his calling for his life. And this conversation was really cool for me because I got to learn things about my friend that I didn't even know. So I'm excited to share this with you all. Hope you enjoy. And Cole, how about you just introduce yourself to the people, kind of give them an idea of who you are and why you matter on this planet. Okay. Hi, my name is Cole. Uh, I am just, you know, a guy that lives in a small town, that loves life and loves Jesus and I'm now a great uh, part of my church now, Cornerstone, and I'm proud to be a great part of it. And I just want to, uh, the reason why I think I can matter in life is because I really want to uh, be a leader and be someone that the kids in my youth group can look up to. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff that you kind of just talked about is really what I want this episode to be focused on because something that's been key to my life story as well as yours has been Uncommon Student Ministries has been this church, Cornerstone Church. And I kind of just want to reflect both on our experiences with this community as well as with our relationships with God. So I, and there's going to be some questions I'm going to be asking you today that I don't even really know the answers to. So what was, at least for you, what was your first experience with religion and God pre-Cornerstone, pre-Uncommon? Okay, so uh, I just remember growing up in the church, and I went to a church down the street first, and it was uh, Lutheran, and I just remember always being so bored and (laughs) so tired. I'd always ask mom, hey, can I go to bed, please? Because I did not want to wake up so early in the morning. Like, this is you as a little kid saying this. As like a little kid towards (laughs) like fifth grade I want to say yeah like towards fifth grade like just so bored so tired not paying attention to anything getting weirded out by everyone standing up singing hymns all the time and uh, just not really knowing what's going on I still like believed in God mm-hmm. but I didn't know that's all I knew like nothing yeah. deeper than that what was your concept of God at that age would you say it's like I'd say it's kind of like God is there, mm-hmm. and that was it. Like <laughs> literally, I didn't know, I didn't pay attention or know anything else. So you did. So you knew God was around, but you didn't know. I didn't know if, that He was like, like any attributes to Him, like personality or what He did, just no, that He existed. None. Yes, I knew of some of the stories, mm-hmm. of course, and I'm like from okay. the Bible. Yeah, like I was like, oh, that's a cool story. I like this story. <laughs> David just killed a guy. I like it. I mean, that's sick. That's, that's so cool. <laughs> Cut off a dude's head. <laughs> like that's all I knew then. Um, and then after that, I can't remember the reason why, but we moved to uh, another church, uh, 
way out in Alton. Mm-hmm. We moved out there. Uh, that was that was another Assemblies of God church, and so we were just there for a little while, and from there I started to get a better understanding and started to dive a little deeper and figure out what this was all about, but. I still wasn't completely serious about it. I would kind of push it off and just not care. I wouldn't. It was just more like just that's a Sunday chore. Yeah. Pretty much. That, that, that's whenever it turned into like a did chore. You, did your parents much. make you go any other time of the week or attend any other events or just Sunday mornings? It was but for all of us. It was just Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. We went there and there were times I'm like, Mom, can I please not go today? And some, sometimes she would let me go or she uh, would let me stay home. Um. And that's pretty much how it went my entire time there. And then we moved from there uh, pretty much because of me from like, like I, I say that isn't it's your fault. <laughs> no, like, like we, we were there and all of us weren't really feeling it. Yeah. It was kind of like, how old are you at this point? At this point, gosh, I want to say, um, 14 14 okay at this point like i've, I've we've been there so for that's not quite too a few long years. ago yeah like that, this is towards well I, I was really feeling this quite a few years before i first came here yeah and so then just from there I, and, and i want to say during all this time i was sporadically coming to youth here i was asked by friends to come here yeah. and like that was like the first time i was introduced to youth group and i never went Sunday to any more you didn't go to youth group at any other church no, I went to Sunday school for uh, the Lutheran Church, but I didn't go to a uh, youth group yeah. at any of those. So then I was introduced to it here. I, I was around here whenever it was Area 58, right? Or, that was, was that was before long. my time, but yeah, that was a thing back yeah. in the day. Like a really long time ago whenever yeah. Phil was head yeah. of the youth pastor. And I got out of it, and then let's flash forward back to me uh not you know not really feeling it with this previous church Mm -hmm. and so then i was invited to uncommon for nerf war Mm -hmm. and that was probably 2016 yeah that was around Uh 2016 or so and so just that's just the first memory that i have of uncommon and from there on i was I wasn't like completely hooked, but it was just like I slowly would come into Uncommon. Yeah. Pretty into, much. So what was it that separated Uncommon from your previous church experiences? It was just the love that I felt and like feeling welcome and feeling like I'm part of a family because like it was, it was more than just Uncommon. It was the entire church mm-hmm. and that's whenever like I explained that to my mom and my dad, and my mom was all about. Like I completely agree with me that the other churches we didn't really feel welcome, we didn't feel a part mm-hmm. of it. We felt like the outcast, and so after me, after her seeing me so involved with the youth, she then agreed to come to a Sunday service, mm-hmm. and from there on, like the rest is history, yeah. still in the making. So. The whole so you pretty much have grown up around the idea of God and the idea of church your whole life, but you were never sold on either of those, because, you know, now you're growing, 
in your relationship of God? What was it about your experience here that sold you on the idea of, oh, this is who God is and I want to have a relationship with him and pursue him? What was like, how did that process come about? Hmm. So it, it's, there's like two ways I can answer that. So whenever I first committed my life to Christ, it was at the first camp that we were at. Like just every time I would come here before then, mm-hmm. it would, like I wasn't serious about it. Yeah. I still knew him, uh, knew about him. I learned more about him, but mm-hmm. I didn't like, I've never felt his presence, never felt him speaking to me or anything like that in prayer or anything. I wasn't so serious about reading my Bible and praying every day. And then just something, I just remember something happening within me at my first year at camp. And he spoke to me and said, all right, you need to, like, you're going to give your life up to me right now. This is how we're going to go. And so I did then. And that was whenever I first committed my life to him. Uh, from there on, he just lit he just lit a fire in my heart ever since, just mm-hmm. to keep reading my Bible, keep praying, and keep going after him. And it wasn't until Immerse first started, because I'm pretty sure Immerse was after. Yeah, that. that that might have been. I would have to look into our social media to see when the very first Immerse was, but I know that that was probably an idea that was birthed post-camp 2016. Yes. So for just to give context to everyone listening and watching, Immerse is our Bible study that our youth group does. And the vision behind Immerse was both to discover who the real leaders were and kind of use that as leadership development. But most importantly, it was to get teenagers into the word of God because youth group can famously be mistaken as just a fun time and then like a quick little 10 minute Bible lesson at the end. And pastor Chris's vision behind immerse was, you know, we're not going to have any, there's no entertainment value behind immerse. We're not going to be playing any games. There's not going to be any fun jumping up and down songs. It's just, we're coming in here and we're going to study the Bible. And Mm -hmm. Really, it was that that's pretty much like the kids that show up to that to just a Bible study. That's how you know who's truly sold on this. You know, that's how you figure out who your core is. Now, granted, we don't know where every single one of those kids is at in their relationship with God. But it was through Immerse that Pastor Chris could know it's like, all right, we're going to make these kids Bible literate. Because that was a huge thing that that's a huge thing that people in church circles are worried about is the biblical illiteracy of Mm. our generation. And so this was a solution to that. So that was your way. It was between camp and immerse that you're like, okay, I'm understanding the heart of the gospel and what this is all about. No, it was, uh, after immerse that I was understanding. Cause it was between camp and immerse that I was the baby Christian, not knowing where to go, how Mm -hmm. to do it. And so I was just like kind of lost where to start in the Bible, all that. I was jumping around all over the place. And then Chris uh, spoke about Immerse, bringing that in. And from there on, I just started to understand more. And we started in Romans too. So yeah, like really deep stuff starting off. Yeah, it was, it's really deep, but it's also one of those books of the Bible that 
explains the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a very good this is what Christianity is all about book of the Bible. Yeah. And just from there on out, kept going to immerse, understanding more. Uh, just kept living my life more and more for Christ ever since then. Mm-hmm. So what would you say, like how would you describe your old life and then compare it to your new life? Hmm. Like what would you say, summarize your old life and summarize your new life, like how things have changed? Well, my old life, I would say I was very, it was, it was, looking back at it now, I say it's very boring <laughs> because I would just sit around and do nothing all the time, play video games, uh, just go to school, go through the motions of life and everything. And I would also be very uh, anxious and self-conscious about myself. That was another thing. Like my self-esteem was very low because really, I, the reason why is because I was the quiet kid back then, huh. which is completely different than what I am yeah. now. Like I was so quiet, I would just sit in class, would never raise my hand, would never answer. I mean, that's something I still do now, but still, like back then, it was just so bad, and I would just listen and whenever I would listen to things that people would say about other people, it just makes me, it would always make me scared to say something because I feel like if I were to say something a certain way, they would start to do the same thing about me and talk so about me behind my back. So if you saw like kids talking behind other people's backs or gossiping or bullying, that would touch you and you're like, this isn't right, but you didn't know what to do about it. Yeah. And so how is your life now, now that you've met Christ through Uncommon and through Cornerstone Church? Now I have become way more involved with a lot of other things. I'm no longer always sitting down playing video games. Um, I'm just, I'm going around building relationships with people now, being more outgoing, um, in ways that I never thought would be possible yeah. for me. Um, I have been told that I am v- full of wisdom lately because like there, I, I, there's one moment uh, over this past year, I was part of this FCA student board mm-hmm. and I was, I was still very quiet that entire yeah. time because they're, they're, it's new people. I don't. I, I still have a bit of that anxiety in me, and I'm just like not fully under like understanding how to go about that. And it wasn't towards the very last meeting that we had, where we all go around and we say like the nicest things about people, like we compliment each other. And so it got to my turn, and people would say that. Although you are a man of few words and you don't speak all the time, we can tell that you are processing, that you are listening, that you are here and that you are listening. And every time that you do open your mouth to speak, it is mind blowing. Like it's just some wisdom that they think is so cool to hear. (laughs) And so I'm just, I'm, 
I would like to just say now I'm just blessed with that gift and just really been full of God and Christ and I've been able to share that with other people in my life, my other friends and family and just kind of just be someone that they can turn to now. So it seems that your relationship with Christ has caused you to want to love others more as well. Yes. And make you more confident in yourself. Yes. Why, what is like, what is it about Christ that has caused you to become those things? It's just the constant repetition of hearing. I am beautifully and wonderfully made. I am God's masterpiece. Uh, <coughs> what can mere mortal mortals do to me with the power of Christ? Like, just knowing that God's with me he, uh, right now, he w- was with me, he's going to be with me. Just that gives me confidence now. And just recently, I've been able to fully, like, I've been putting more faith in him. Yeah. And just acting out in faith more and just seeing the result in that. And that's giving me even more confidence because. Like God's not going to tell you to do something and you know completely destroy you in a way. Yeah. He's just gonna, he's got you in everything. That's cool. So basically, what it all comes down to is you found your identity in Christ, and yes. that has been your foundation for everything, and that has propelled you with living for a mission and living for others and to really make the world a better place anywhere you go. Yeah. So let's go into, because this is the heart behind this episode, really cool that these kinds of thoughts that have been, because, you know, just for everyone listening, this has been something I've been wanting to do for a while. And originally it was to do camp stories, but then I was like, you know, we could talk about camp, but I think there's something deeper here and I think we're hitting it. Something that I'm passionate about is people's callings and, finding a purpose for their life. And I know that recently as of this summer, you have found your calling. You believe that you have anyway. And so I kind of want to talk about that. So kind of tell tell us, yeah, tell us the story behind that. Okay. So this actually goes back a few years. Does it? Okay. Yes. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. Um, can't remember how long ago. I think this was like a year and a half ago. I've been here for what two years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I th- this is like a year and two a half ish ago. years. Yeah, after camp, my first camp. It's so hard to think like that because we've got I've gone to three camps already. Yeah, <laughs> and they all kind of roll into one. Like I know from my personal experience, sometimes when I think about camps, I have a hard time thinking like, okay. Did this memory or this moment happen at this year or what year? Like, yeah, I right. always need other people's help. Especially with this past year having five camps. Yes. Between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so it was after my, I know it was after my first camp. Mm-hmm. I come back and I can't remember how exactly it built up to this moment, but I was with my ex-girlfriend and she's been going through like uh, s- some rough times with her family and just struggling mm-hmm. with a lot of stuff. And so and you're still friends with her like to this day, right? Yes, I'm still friends with her to this day. So you're talking to her about, you know, all the things that she's dealing with. 
I mean, it was it was after. I think this one was actually after the first time that I spoke in front of everyone. My first sermon that I did in front of everyone last year. No, it wasn't last year. It was uh, it was after my first camp. I know that. Okay. After that, I do remember that. And I, I did my first one over, mm. uh, basically taking like cross country and yes, I remember talking that. about how like that's running oh the gosh, race for running Christ. The race for yeah. Christ, pretty much. And so she said, and, and of course I was so nervous after that. <laughs> I was trying to figure I, out. I remember. So I'm I'm going to kind of talk about it from my perspective. I just remember. Because oh Pastor, Chris, Pastor Chris, no, I, I'm not going to, it, it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> I'm not going to trash you. Because, I mean, heck, I was nervous when the first time I preached. But, and I, <laughs> heck, I still do. But I remember Pastor Chris telling me, like, yep, Cole's going to speak. And he was telling me about how humble you were about it. You're like, I'm not trying to take your job or anything. I, just, <laughs> I, I do just, remember I that. Just feel, oh, I just feel led to say this thing. And Chris was like, <laughs> go for it. Like, this is what I want. And so you're up there and you have your notes of things that you're going to say. And you're just like looking at it the whole time. And yeah, you, but I mean, you just remember Chris coming up afterwards saying it's not as easy as it looks. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, people talking crap on me. (laughs) So you do it. So, uh, so you're talking to, so I'm talking to she my who must not be named girlfriend after that, and she just don't laugh. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not laughing. <laughs> You're giggling. Um, and so she just she told me that what I like what I talked about and how I talked about it was awesome. It was amazing because she was crying and she had she was sitting around other people that were crying and little old me that's never done that before in my life. I'm like. I made people cry. Yeah. Yes. Like, and it's always cool when, because I mean, it'd be very easy to critique you, like, yeah, well, you were nervous and you're looking at your notes the whole time or whatever, but God still used you. Yeah. Like, despite our human inability to do things in a precise way, that doesn't mean that God can't still use it to affect people. Mm hmm. And you saw that demonstrated through your first sermon. So you're talking to her about that's that, true. yeah. And what what came about that conversation? Um, she just brought up the fact that she thinks that I could have, I could be a great youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Like she can see me doing that. Yeah. And then she also brought up saying, "I could even see you being the new next DYD or something like that." I'm like, okay, but all right, let's let's slow let's down slow. here. I'm like. <laughs> 14, 15 <laughs> here, so. You're going to be in charge of all the youth pastors. <laughs> so I'm just like, I was like, okay, youth pastor, that sounds that sounds pretty cool. And so I'm, I say, that's my calling. I'm thinking, okay, that's my calling because someone said that I would be yeah. good at it. And somebody that you're friends with, yeah. And someone that I'm friends with. And so I say, that's my calling. And the entire time I'm struggling thinking, is this really my calling? Is this what a calling should be like? Because mm-hmm. I'd never experienced a calling or anything yeah. like that before. And I'm just so uncertain about it. And But I'm still chugging through like until next year. For one year, I have it into my junior year. I'm saying, okay, youth pastor, backup plan, chemical engineer. So <laughs> the reason why is because 
my dad would say, hey, you know that youth pastors, like it's a, not a job that can make you a lot of money. <laughs> so yes. and he, want, he wants me to be super successful and making a lot of money. And so I'm like, okay, chemical engineer, I'll do that. And then just over time, chemical engineer started to take over my decision to be a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. And it was chemical engineer and turning changing the chemist because apparently chemical engineer wasn't what I was thinking it was all about. So my art chemist sounds <laughs> like, oh, more shoot. like what I what is And then it became be. media for a little bit. And it became media because I started getting into media yeah. and that and was a started huge hanging around. Of mine. You started hanging around me a lot. Yes. It's, <laughs> I was like Look. This is fun. Being hey, a freelancer is that good to stay at home and do nothing and go do whatever he wants? Like, he, yeah. He lives with his mom and brother and he doesn't have a life. That's that's who I want to admire. That's who I want to model my life after. But no, seriously, but seriously, like, I see what you're doing and I I see that you love it and it's a passion of yours and media was a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, okay, that's, that's a good start. It's a yeah. passion and I'm good at it. Like, at least I think I'm good at it. <laughs> I mean, because I I just know that a calling is more towards something that you're you're good at and you're passionate about. Like sure. it's kind of like mixes. And then four weeks of camp came around. Three of those weeks I was 2000, media. 2018. Yes, this is 2018 right here. Four weeks of that being media, and I was burnt out by week two. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was pretty burnt We've out. We've never talked about this, so that's that's really fascinating I'm to not going to lie. I was pretty darn burnt out, and I just thought, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do because I got my college and my major planned out. Like, <laughs> oh, no, what's going to so happen? So what was it that made you be like, I don't know, this is for me? Um, Before camp, I was praying because i it was after i was with uh, chris and julius for uh like a, a trip that we took out yeah and up just, to the quad cities yes the quad cities and then on the way back we just chris and i had this conversation and it just it just hit me on the r- way back of man there's still something in me that I haven't figured out yet. Like there's something in me that could determine my future here. And I haven't figured that out yet. Mm -hmm. And so I just kept praying for a few weeks before camp season. And God's, I heard God audibly speak to me twice in just one word, both times. First time he said, a name and that was Eric and the reason why it was because I was so confused on where to turn because other opportunities were coming up that were from the past and things were just resurfacing I'm like oh no what's what's gonna happen yeah. what am I gonna do like you had all these possibilities opening up of things that you could do after high school yes. and you're like crap I don't know what to do with my and life. it was like a second time of him coming up mm-hmm. because like for example I wanted to go to visit North Central before I picked Greenville and then it just started to resurface on the trip back. And I'm thinking, and it got me thinking even more about him. So I'm like, oh, darn. Oh, <laughs> darn, darn what is this? <laughs> and so uh, luckily, on the, whenever I got back, my, I had a lunch scheduled with Eric just to get to know Eric him Scott Burgar, Eric Scott Burgar, senior pastor. Senior pastor, yes. And so as I'm praying that night, God just lays, uh, just speaks to me and says, 
Eric. So I'm like, okay, I'll bring this up to Eric tomorrow. And so I did. About the whole idea about, of not knowing what to do. Yeah, so just being so confused and so lost right here. And so what did Pastor Eric speak into your life? He just said, I can't, I cannot remember it. I'm not good at remembering things, but I just, the big takeaway I got from that was to just slow down. You don't have to worry about it right now because it's, you don't have to rush at all. Slow down, pray about it and just speak to God about this. And, uh, like who knows, maybe you could, you're good going to Greenville. You're good doing what you're doing or you already have planned. Uh, just keep praying, rely on God. And so I did. And then I kept praying and praying and um, God spoke to me saying camp. And so from there, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be going all four weeks of camp. When is this going to happen? <laughs> so, Someone's going to happen. And you got to you gotta put into account, there's two weeks of kids camp, then a two-week break, and then two weeks of teen camp. So a total of six weeks where I'm, I could be completely lost and I don't know what to do. So I'm thinking, okay, this will be a good thing to do because I'll have, I'll dabble my feet in media for the first two weeks of kids camp. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be a counselor for uh, the last week. And it was towards like the first week of kids camp that I'm thinking, or I'm not thinking, I'm feeling in me like some leadership role is mm-hmm. starting to come. That, that thing that I was looking for and trying to find inside myself, a leadership, like the role of leadership just kept coming up. And so this leads into, okay, I've got many other things. There's more, yeah. a lot of stuff coming up. Okay, forewarning right here. Um, so first week of kids camp have, I have a lot of fun with media and it's, it's fun. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, media's good. I'm good with, with the path that I'm going right now. And then the last night, last, the last full day into the night, into the last like half a day, like Thursday through Friday, I'm asked to be a counselor for I this remember group that. of kids. So we were doing video during kids camp week one together and then you had the bail because a counselor left camp yes left early yeah and you had to take over and so tell us about that experience because i know that it was crazy (laughs) for you it was absolutely insane because it wasn't until the guy was about to leave like we're in like a transition kind of phase like a two-hour transition Mm -hmm. phase where i'm with we're like dual counseling and, and the I'm kids are know getting the kids, warmed up to you. The kids are getting warmed up to me. Luckily, it worked pretty fast because I found out that out of nine kids, most of them had ADHD. One of them had a severe case of ADHD. One of them had severe anger issues. Um, <laughs> all of them would fight, and two, at least two of them were foster kids. Yeah, and so, and so it's just a hot mess of ten kids. Yes. They're all on your own, and you gotta hang on to them for one night for a night Mm -hmm. yes and so i I was thinking and i I was also told that they can be rude they can be a little rowdy or something okay it's just a normal group of kids can be a little rowdy i can do this and then little did i know like literally an hour before the guy is about to leave i'm told by the dean for that week what you have 
is the roughest group of kids on <laughs> camp on campus. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so we, then, so I just want to so say there's a I have a story <laughs> about that. As I'm going through the night and I'm trying Like it's bedtime. It's not no sorry. Uh towards the evening we're getting ready to go to the evening service. Okay. And these kids are really want, like Luckily, the dean said, hey, if you ever need us, just call us up. Call us in for, for backup or whatever. Or if you feel like yeah. you can't do this. Yeah. Just like they empathize with your yes. situation. And if they, they said. Kn- they knew that you were young and that it's a rough group of kids and it's a crappy situation. They have to get them all of a sudden. So they're like, yeah. hey, we're here if you need anything. Exactly. And so we're going. We're in the activity center as we're about to go into the evening service. And the kid with severe ADHD loses it. Like, he has a, a breakdown. And he goes into one of the rooms, yells at everyone else to get out. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Another counselor came up and said, hey, I'm a, I'm a teacher for these type of kids. Let me see what I can do. They go, they don't know what to do. It, it just it went crazy. Other kids are running around. I'm on the verge of tears. Like, I, like I've never been so close to crying in this public. It's the worst like that. night of my life. Like, it was so crazy. And so I'm texting Christina, like, I can't do this. You need to get me out of this. <laughs> Help me. And so the deans um, come over. Been there. The deans come. <laughs> and you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hashtag white team. Yes. 2015. <laughs> and so the deans come over, and there's two of them. Luckily, the the main dean was like big, buff, and kind of he he was black, and so he's just he's <laughs> who like, was it? Oh my god! Was kids camp? I cannot. Remember. I can't think of who it would have been either. He, he was. I just I know he was helping us in the beginning set up those uh, the little glasses boards on the stage. I think you were there. Yeah, helping we'll, too. we'll figure it out. I'll, I'll, Try to figure that out later. It doesn't matter. Anyway. But he got everyone in a line, told them off, said, hey, Cole's your new counselor now. You have to listen to him. And basically, like, got on to them for everything. Mm. So for the rest of the night leading up to the evening service, they were decent. They listened to me. They followed me. Um, Our relationship was still good at that point, like, like like mine between all the kids. And he also said, I can have a co-counselor helped me. Like he said, this is the first time ever that we're having two counselors for you guys. Like be happy with that, like that kind of thing. And so we go through the evening service and one, the kid with severe ADHD was acting up again because he was playing with some finger lights and he was told to put them away. And so he started going off saying like, Oh, I thought this was a Christian camp. Like, I can, I should be able to do whatever the heck I want and be able to do this kind of thing. And so he just started freaking out. He started bringing up some family problems. Like, I don't even know how it happened, but he yeah. just started freaking out and everything. And so all I could do in that moment, this was towards the end too, like during the prayer time, and toward like, I just all I did was I prayed and cried over him. First time, like I was audibly sobbing and weeping and doing all that kind mm-hmm. of like over someone yeah. as I'm praying out loud for them. And I just remember at the end towards the, at the end when everything was over, he looked at me and he asked, were you crying over me? And so I said, yes. And I gave him a hug and said, I'm, I, I was crying and praying over you. I was fighting for you. 
and he was in such a much better mood after that for the rest wow. of the night. In fact, he this kid is deathly afraid of ants, and whenever we go, at least this is a big thing for me and him. And as we go outside, I'm talking with some of the other kids, and he's like, he's like Cole. I'm like, what? I just killed an ant. I'm like, what you did? He's like, yeah, I just killed it without even thinking about it. Like that was such a big deal for him. And even some yeah. of the other kids who are also afraid of ants, like, oh, you did that? That's awesome. Like, Whoa! Like it was so. Cool <laughs> Watch out, everyone! <laughs> like, like it's just so cool because he was deathly afraid of ants, and he overcame his fear to step on another ant. Yeah. And. Like that, that just made my night. And so the other guy helped me get him in the bed that night. Uh, I had to, I wanted to split up and take that kid to get some medicine mm-hmm. as well. So I took him to get some medicine, left the other guy in there to take care of the other eight kids. And we have a good time waiting in the line for medicine, you know, having fun. He's climbing up on me. He's on my shoulders doing like just like a monkey pretty much. And we get back to the room. Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> like chaos. we have this peaceful and serene scene, and then it just it completely ends, completely in devastation. Ends. And so, I I thank the guy for helping me and getting him back in the bed. And I say he can go. I'll take care of this because I'm not now at this point. I'm like I'm pretty confident. I'm like yeah, I can get. I can take care <laughs> of this. And it went pretty well. It really went well. I I bribed them. I said, hey, if you guys are quiet and we get through th- the night. In the morning, I'll wake you all up individually, and we can play Fortnite because these kids were crazy. Like all the kids at kids camp week one were crazy about Fortnite. Yes, they were. And so I have my phone and my Switch, and luckily that was the week that Fortnite, Fortnite was came on out the on Switch. the Switch <laughs> that exact week. And so, thank you God. Thank you God for Fortnite. <laughs> there we go. I'll, that's the that's only time I'll ever say it. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only time Fortnite was used for good. And so they got to bed quickly and quietly. I got everyone up. Everyone got to play Fortnite, and they were happy in the morning. A lot of bumps and bruises uh, along the way of getting through breakfast and to the uh, the buses. But the uh, two things happened after that. The kid with severe ADHD came up to me, and he, ba- he asked me, hey, can you come home with me? Aww. And so I'm, Dang. I'm saying... <laughs> But no, I can't. Oh, that's that's rough. And in my mind, I'm thinking I really don't want to because I don't want to like, I I like, it's just it was so stressful for me, and I I just feel like it, it would, I would lose it, you know. Yeah. And but it was just cool. I thought to see that I was able to impact his life in one night, yeah. like that. So and what, like, what was it about that experience that contributed to you discovering your calling? Then I was like, just from seeing how the relationship I had with it wasn't with that kid though. That's the mm-hmm. other thing. Like it was multiple kids. There's another kid that I was that really grew on me, that really liked me, and the kid was severe anger issues. I didn't really connect with him that much, but I guess I said something to him to where at the end I would go up to him and he, like he literally came up to me, looked at me, and gave me a hug Aww. without any words. I'm just saying, I was like, hey, I'm don't listen to what other people say about you like people were always picking on this kid that's why he was very angry all the time and so like you're beautiful in god's eyes i know that you're a christian and that you uh, believe in this stuff trust in god he will be there for you and so he just gave me a hug after that and just the fact that 
all those kids were impacted by me in one night really just stood out to me. Yeah. And I, w- I was thinking, okay, am I called into like something to do with kids, kids ministry or something like that? And immediately I'm like, no, because it was so stressful for me. I know that I wouldn't last long. Like, yeah. Knowing myself, I would not last long at all in that. And then that was like, that started everything. I was like the beginning week two comes around a teen camp of no, of uh, kids, kids camp. camp okay. And so I'm all on my own here and I'm, I am tasked with doing one, two kids all on my own. Yeah. All by myself. Mm hmm. Editing, videoing. Yeah, I wasn't the main video guy for Kids Camp Week Two. They you weren't some, there they, at all. Yeah, they had yeah two. they had somebody else, and then he, like at Kids Camp, there's two camps going on really. When me and mm-hmm. you were doing it together, we combined the two camps into one video. And during Week Two, kids, the other guys, they're like, okay, we'll dominate three six camp, but you can do one two camp on yes, your own. I had one. I had the responsibility of one two camp and service how'd that how'd that go uh it was just that was also very stressful for me like not really super stressful like but it burnt you out on media. it burnt me out on media because i was running all over the place i had to be at certain areas at certain times um and it, it was just me behind the camera all week long and behind a screen yeah and i was also alone in that setting too like, like, yeah, I was able to joke around a little bit with the other team, but because it's new people and that, like, I can't really, like, I'm not good at warming up super, yeah. super, super and, fast. And you two, you were, got, you were both doing your own thing. Yeah. Like, so it's hard to connect when yeah. you have completely separate lives, really. Mm-hmm. And so then from there on out, for the next two weeks before team camp, I'm, I know that media is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe something to do with leadership. And so leadership, leadership, mentoring, something like that. And then week three, uh, teen camp, week one, more of just a fun week. It was just like doing media with me and just building relationships that week too, especially. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, camp is really good about building relationships. Oh, no, never mind. That was also the week I received the calling. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Teen camp week one was? Yeah, Wednesday, teen camp week one. So you weren't even really i, I mean, was not even a, a camper i was on the media team yeah i received my calling and, and you and jacob i would send you guys to sit in the services while i finished the video yes. and so you received the calling during one of those services so tell us tell us about that experience uh it was at the very end of service and i'm gone i'm Which up night? there wednesday night okay and it was a uh, you know holy spirit night <laughs> Of That's course. a stereotype, unfortunately. And I'm up there still just praying my heart out about what my calling could be. Because at this point, I know that it's youth ministry, but I'm not accepting it because I just. How did you know? It was just seeing the kids. I think was what made me know during camp all all weeks of camp seeing yeah. the kids just seeing kids worship and go after God 
and I'm, I'm not picturing my like Chris always says if you're doing it doing it just to be up on a stage you're not going to last long at all right I would never like I would picture myself up on a stage like seeing it but I would just only see the kids I wouldn't see me on the stage or anything like that like that's what made me realize that this is for me because I'm looking at the kids and I'm like wow like I would just love to just help those kids and you know be that person that can lead them there because I know that I have the ability to be a leader so I want to be able to do that for these kids you you want to be in the trenches with them living life with them and helping them through whatever battles that they're going Mm -hmm. through and Chris was that that Wednesday night Chris was praying over everyone and he was talking about future leaders and future uh, youth leaders. I think it was either Chris or Pastor Joey during that time. Yeah, you can't P. remember Joey. who. But because they were both they were both pre- like praying over the same thing. Sure. Like asking for or praying like I pray that leaders will come up out of these that uh, people will be called into ministry, called into missions that our like whenever he said our replacements uh come out of these groups of children yeah uh, that's when it hit me be- especially since chris just left yeah so like, to Dang. give yeah to give a little bit of context to everyone pastor chris the student ministries director for the illinois assemblies of god he was our youth pastor and he stepped up to this leadership position a few months ago and that has kind of created this atmosphere of like okay we need to fill in this gap to keep the army together until we have a new general and so that pressure had already been on you a little bit just because especially because his last words to me at like his going away party were like he gave he gave me a hug and he said these kids need a leader (laughs) that's what he like said that to me implying that it's going to be me yeah or you're going to be a leader yeah Mm -hmm. and you're like crap (laughs) dang it chris And so, right. and so then at, during that service, he's talking about our replacements and then that line just hit you. That hit me hard. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I know God that this is it. Um, then week four overall, uh, week two of teen yeah. camp. You're, I was the camp coordinator for our youth group. You were a yes. counselor. And you were also the main video guy yeah, for that week. So I was by I myself, to, <laughs> by yourself. I know. Yeah. And it was good. It was just, we, we barely had. We did not have anyone to be counselors for the guys. We side. had, yeah, we had to do. So it had to be Jake. Like, I, I offered to Wiesman do it, and, and Jake Zach Sunderland, which is pretty darn cool. Now yeah, that, I know. Now that now that, Jake now that Jake's in. gonna come in, <laughs> yeah, in a couple weeks, and then that week just solidified the calling mm-hmm. because I was able to connect with the kids yeah. I was already well, with. Well, that week put you okay. This is what it's like being a youth pastor, yeah. being. Because you were no longer the video guy with a degree of separation. You were with them 24-7 yes. during that week camp. And that was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I love yeah. being with them throughout the day, having fun with them, and being with them during the altars and mm-hmm. all that. And being with them spiritually. Yeah. Because even during the times that I was, like, they, uh, Jeff during that week would call the leaders to get up and mm-hmm. be someone that they can go to for prayer. Like I would just love doing that. And so 
that pretty much wraps it up for my four six week actually six week span of figuring out my calling yeah. this past summer wow. and changing my entire so, life. So So wow. what was your when you finally came to that conclusion, like, you know, because really looking at your other possibilities, you were only thinking a chemical engineer or a chemist just because like it made money. It made money, That's, and you and you had a good grades. Like I had interest in chemistry. I was yeah. making good ma- grades, and it made money. And so that's yeah. L- and then the media the stuff, you it know, was more like I, it's I was cool. Good at it. It's cool, and you hang, hang out with me a lot. Yeah, and it seemed <laughs> it just seemed fun to freelance <laughs> yeah. and do nothing at home. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. But okay, okay. I'm, not, I'm not kissing <laughs> you. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> It's okay. It's fine. I'm just going to go cry later. Okay. <laughs> and then, but really, so what was, so you landed on youth ministry and it's so funny. I remember before you met up with pastor Eric at the beginning of summer, he came up to me and he's telling me about it. So he's like, so is this called, is this kid called the ministry or what? <laughs> I know. That's the other thing. Like, whenever <laughs> everyone, I got, everyone, everyone knew, knew. Yes. Except for me. I'm like, how did you guys know? I don't understand. And the reason, want to know why we knew? Why? Because we could see it demonstrated in your life. Just the way that you naturally were with other students and with other leaders who were in ministry, you just naturally belonged in. Yes, you're young. Yes, you have growing to do. But you just had all the signs of like, yeah, this is what this kid's made for. So what was the community both your family and your friends, what was your community's reaction? Uh, my friends were, I have like three friends that like I can call, like three three true friends that I can call friends. Like your age? Like I'm going to say out, like outside of. Uncommon. Uncommon. Okay. So I'm looking at more like this, like secular kind sure. of thing. Okay. And so. They were all, they were for it. They were for me doing that. They're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I see that. Um, family, because like, the reason why I'm splitting my friends up like that is because all my friends in Uncommon were definitely for it. And like, they were sure. super excited for it. Because you've been. Because I've been with them you've for been, so long. And you've been, and you've been. Like, they even knew. Like, yeah. That's and I mean, thing. and you're, you're not the, you know, it's not like you call the shots in our youth group, but I mean, you are an influential person in the youth yeah. group. And so everyone who's with you all the time here, like they could see that. What about your family? My family, my mom supports me. She really does. She supports mm-hmm. it. She thinks that it's awesome. Um, it's just right now, it, it took a little bit to convince her to let me go to North Central yeah. because it, well, like, it's a lot more expensive than sure. going to Lewis and Clark right now. Yep. Which is our local community college. Yes. And my dad, I mean, I'd say overall, like he's, he's okay with it. Yeah. But of course, by the first impression, like he wasn't super happy sure. with it. Well, I think it's just like, it's, I don't think it's a, it, it comes out of a place of love and concern. Yeah, because they're worried about your ability to provide for yourself, and yeah. if you ever get married, being able to provide for your kids and family and and your wife. You know, I I've I've received that with, you know, the lifestyle that I've lived, being a freelancer and 
it's like you know i chose the freelance video life and the ministry life two things that don't compute to a ton of money (laughs) so i it hasn't been that strong just because i grew up in a ministry home but i mean you you feel that a little bit yeah and so i totally get where that concern's coming from but it comes out of a place of love yeah and you know, I think there it's definitely been positive, I think, for you. It's mostly been positive, mm-hmm. yeah. It was just kind of a rough start with my family. Sure. Mom smoother than my dad, but sure. Like but kind of rough. No grow to it. My sister's all four because I get to move away like three hours. <laughs> like, so. Yes. He's finally on like, the house. Like, move now. You don't have to stay at Lewis O'Clock. You can go now. Go, yeah. go. <laughs> and that's funny. Another thing. Um, the reason why I'm going to Lewis and Clark now is because I had a, I felt a strong calling to stay here to help out with the transition at Uncommon. Mm -hmm. And that's, I know that's going to happen. Well, like I know that there's a reason why I'm here and because God's been speaking to me more and more lately these past few weeks and I can especially now with Jake coming in and him having some of the same views and uh, the same heart, same heart as me. Yes. Like I think it's going to go pretty well. And I, I believe that it's important for you to be here, even if it's just for a semester, because it's going to give you that practical ministry experience before you go to school. Because, and that this can, this comes with any major, whether it's a business major or, a film major or a nursing major or probably not with nursing so much, but really with any degree that you could get is you have all these kids graduating and unless they intentionally look for real world experience, they don't get it at school. Mm. What schools college can be good for many things. You know, it's good giving you that credibility like, Hey, I got a bachelor's degree and there's some people that's like, we're not going to give you this job unless you have a degree. And if you go to a school that's famous in your industry, that can give you credibility. Like I know for the Assemblies of God, me having a degree from Assemblies of God University, that gives me credibility in this community. And, but if you, if all you did, Cole, was go to a four-year degree, get a degree in, or go to a four-year school, you get a degree in biblical studies or, pastor leader church leadership or youth ministry or whatever but you didn't serve at a youth group at all you would be in a world of hurt during Mm -hmm. your first youth group if you could even get a job period Mm -hmm. but if you going into school with a semester of being heavily involved at a church that's going to set you up better to get plugged into another church while you're at school and all that experience combined will set you up for success at whatever future youth ministry that you take control of in the future. Yeah. I said the word future twice in that sentence. So that's how great of a public speaker I am. (laughs) I got to say, um, something that like really helps help me out so far. uh, Experience wise was the time that I actually had to basically be the youth pastor for one Wednesday service. Mm-hmm. Remember, like, yep, like, yeah. So there was this yes, one Wednesday right. night where me and Pastor Kermit, me and Pastor Kermit, it was first 
on me kind of being the interim youth pastor. But when I had three weeks of video coming up, I knew I couldn't do Mm -hmm. that on my own. And once I discovered that youth ministry wasn't my thing, you've been with me on that journey as well. Once I discovered that wasn't really my thing, I became burnt out on this. That's why I think it's kind of ironic that <laughs> I just realized, yeah. we both had hearts for media and youth ministry. You got burnt out on the media part <laughs> and fell in love with youth ministry. I got burnt out on the youth ministry part and fell in love with media. Both of those things are important in our lives, but just we have different hearts that came out in the end. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so me and Kermit were like, you know what? These kids, like, they have all these things that they're wanting to do. They're like, fine, go do them. Yeah. <laughs> We're just, you want, you, and it wasn't out of a place of hatred or bitterness. It was like, it was because, like, you were out that week. Kermit was out that week. Yeah. And, like, and you, you got an idea of what you want to do. Go do it. Like, it's, it started as, like, Kermit came to me and said, hey, would you mind speaking a little bit tonight? Because, you know, we just got done with camp. I just had this surgery and, was it surgery or something to do? I don't. Something. It was something. But to do either way, you he he was out. Y- you you. It was multiple students spoke that night, and then you yes. closed it. Yes. And so it was, what it was, was gonna, what what was it about that night that hit you? That hit me. Um. Like good or bad? Because there was there was both. Like I got to no, see both so sides. Both. So. So basically, I took it into my own hands. Because I was just asked to do something small with it. Like, would you mind speaking about camp? So basically, like, uh, kind of like a testimony. Sure. Just me, yeah. I was asked to do that. And I just took it into my own hands a little bit. And s- he said, it's your baby tonight. You do what you want. So I got together some other kids that I thought would be, I thought it'd be cool to do like a testimony after doing a few worship songs. Then I get up and I speak like a mini short sermon. And then... We get into like a time of prayer and just end it out that way and, and with worship. So I was actually able to reside over the worship songs and help out with that. Mm-hmm. Put together the game that we also did that night because we had new people coming in. And also put together my own sermon and plan how it's going to go throughout yep. the night. So I l- was able to be in that leadership role yeah. of p- literally planning out an entire ser- Wednesday night service. And even though it was stressful for me because I was also struggling with doing some college stuff that yes. day, which really threw me off. Yep. Um, at the very end, it was so worth it because one person went up there to give a testimony who's never given a testimony before. Someone who's very shy. Very shy. Totally out of their element. Completely out of their element to get up there and speak. And just ever since then, they've been thanking me for it and like saying that like I've, I never thought I'd be able to do that. And they were so nervous before. I'm like, I kept telling them like God's with you. God will help you through this. God will lead you through this. If he wants, if he wants to speak through you, he's going to do it in the right way. And it went fantastic. The testimony was fantastic. In fact, uh, it was so good that uh, they were asked to go have an interview with someone that is hosting some kind of TV show. Really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, it was their, uh, a relative of theirs. That's that cool. Was doing it. And so they were asked to go on, not not live, but record Still. something for yeah. a TV show. 
and sadly I wasn't able to be there for them because I had work that night. But they replied to me, or they didn't reply, they texted me later that night and said that it went awesome, that they killed it and it went great. So wow, that's cool. That's it was so, so cool. So to see your that your your night to shine became an opportunity for you to allow other people's light to shine. Yeah. And I think that's that entire time I wasn't even worried about my light shining. I wanted my yeah. message to get across. And now that I think about it, I think I accidentally did what I was speaking about. Cause I spoke about, I was spoke about unity cause that's something big on my heart mm-hmm. lately. And For I was, youth and ministry. I was able to bring together other kids in my youth ministry that don't really get up and, speak that much like i gave them the chance to do that and they were able to do that for me and so i i think that's wow so what did you what so you said something bad happened that night too what was oh the bad the bad i didn't think there's anything bad maybe not something bad but like something that that you learned that you're like yeah i gotta see i could do this better stressful parts and like youth of youth ministry ministry and planning it and which that's really good for you. Yes, like I thought it was really good for me. Because that's like now that you know you have a good dose of the reality of it. Yes. So you don't come into youth ministry with an unhealthy expectation. Yes. And now, and what I think is even better is after that, I would do it again. I would do it again, and I would. I don't think I would hate it. I don't think I would. <laughs> I don't grow think you out would either. I and so now when. Because I told Chris about all about me being called in youth ministry, and he said he wants to speak with me and give me like those five questions to try to scare me out of youth ministry. I think I'm ready. I yeah. think I'm. When's gonna that pass. conversation gonna happen? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so we're gonna. Wait, whenever it happens, we should we should talk about it. Yeah. Um. Off mic. As a buddy of mine who's a podcaster, and, and whenever <laughs> anytime any yeah anytime he's shout out to Jaron Myers of the They Don't Bite podcast. I doubt you're gonna listen to this, but. <laughs> Anytime he talks, he's t- because he's friends with everybody that he interviews. Like, mm-hmm. and so he'll refer to. He's like, we've had a conversation off mic about this, mm-hmm. or if they are touching something that's sensitive, he's like, we can talk about it off mic later. So we'll have this conversation off mic. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna we're gonna wrap it up a little bit with a few final questions. Just kind okay. of so on Common Student Ministries, this youth group of. 50 to 70 kids Mm -hmm. that meets every Wednesday night, every Sunday night here in little old Bethalta, Illinois. It's really not that small compared to some small towns, Mm -hmm. but it definitely feels like a small town. Oh yeah. It's, it's technically a village, but it's, yeah, but it's been huge both in, in both of our lives. So what does, what is uncommon to you? I think I know what you're going to say, but you think you know what I'm going to say? I I do. I'm going to (laughs) say, okay. Um, uncommon to me, um, gosh, dang, you, you put me on the spot now. I got, okay. It is a family that I want I knew to, you were say that. yep, yep, okay, <laughs> there we go, okay, I feel better. It's a family a that I want to bring together, almost. Yeah. The and, reason, and the reason why I say that is because I know that we can be better. Sure. Like, we're we're pretty united, but there's still... There, there, there's, 
Like we've de- we've definitely gotten better. Yeah. From what it the used past to be. the past couple years, like it's it was very segregated. Yeah. I, I remember like it was very segregated, and I think I think luckily, I think both. I think 2017 camp, the year that we were on Purple Team and we won, I think that, that helped. Brought us together. That probably brought us together. That, that brought us together in a huge way. I think the biggest thing that we have, and we have a solid core of our youth yes. ministry. Like I remember when I first started attending this church in 2015, the youth section of our Sunday morning service was like five kids. Mm-hmm. And, and it has the core even has grown. The too. core is like to 20 kids. Yeah. Where... You know, we have a solid showing coming to Sunday night activities, which used to not even be a thing mm-hmm. when I first came here. But the biggest thing that we can grow in is for all the kids that attend on Wednesday nights, but they're not in the core. Yes. Getting them into the core. And so it's like all the straggler kids or the kids that, whether they show up every Wednesday night, but to nothing else or the kids that show up to the occasional Wednesday night, mm-hmm. like get them all in the core. Yeah. That's what you want to see happen. I want to see that happen or at least start that yeah. happening because I have a short time. And sadly, like that's something I've, I've been wanting to do, but I've been like too, like I wasn't as outgoing as I am now, yeah. and, like as comfortable with that stuff. So I missed out on my chance because like, like with me being in, like yeah. I kind of missed out, but I do also have, I'm blessed to kind of, work my way like work my way around it you know and so i want to use this time to really go after that and so i'm starting that with the war room which is our pre-service prayer room and i i truly believe that unity can be formed on a foundation of prayer and if we can get that going hardcore like bigger than what it was whenever chris was here because it was, it was decently big when it first started, and then it kind of dwindled a little bit because yeah. it was just a few people. But then yeah. I'm really trying to get, yep. back get the momentum back going and get it to where it's like a habit. Yeah, Because if we're going to do anything big for the kingdom of heaven as it's represented in the Riverbend area, it needs to start off in prayer. Yes. I absolutely, and that's now I'm not going to front. That hasn't been something that I've prioritized, but I recognize the folly and mm-hmm. that and I partly thanks to you you know I want to make that a priority again um so yeah those that's those are really your two goals right now as far as service at uncommon along with surviving college <laughs> which yes. has been is kicking yeah. your butt right now but you'll make it you know <laughs> it, it's just it's gr- <laughs> it's growing pains okay you're yeah. you're fresh off of because senior year of high school, especially fresh off of a great summer, yeah, too. fresh off like, of a great summer where, and especially the summer after senior year of high school, you where you feel accomplished and finished, and like you feel like, like you're done, but really, and you're really nope, <laughs> nope, we got round two. And also, now. senior year of high school, at least for me, and I think for most students, is the easiest year of high yeah. school because that's, that's the year that you can either go really slow with because. Blow off classes. Well, you either get blow off classes, or even if you don't have blow off classes, you have senioritis, and you just don't do anything either way. So either you either you don't have to do anything, or you do have to do stuff, and you just don't do it. Senior year is really easy. Then you have a great summer. Then you're like, oh crap, college. But I think however long you're here, I'm excited for you to be here. Um, really, my goal right now because I think I came into Uncommon Student Ministries with the same 
like my identity is still the same as it as my original vision was, which was to be a big brother for students. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I know that not everybody views me that way just because they don't know me, but for the kids that do know me, yeah. like I'm like a big brother figure. That was my original goal. Um, I, there was a period where I thought I wanted to be a youth pastor. And then when Chris left, that was very influential in me discovering like, you know, this isn't what I want, but on common student ministries has also been like, that was like my first client for making videos. (laughs) You know, I didn't get paid for it, but it was just like, Hey, you don't have anyone doing videos. I can do that. Um, and so that has led me to getting a part-time job here at the church to vlogging, to having a freelance career to now me being the creative arts coordinator for team Illinois. So, and I'm excited to continue being the big brother figure and serving under Jake Wiesman's mm-hmm. youth pastorship. Just, you know, he's been a good far away brother and now he's going to be a next door neighbor and I'm excited. Yeah. So final question and we'll wrap this bad boy up. So with everything that we have in mind, you know, you kind of have given present goals. Do you have any lifetime goals for yourself or at least future goals because you know you we, we've talked about your goals for what you want to accomplish here at uncommon like having a foundation of prayer and making an impact on a micro level here but have you made a vision for yourself it's okay if you haven't i'm just curious if you have i can think of two right now at the moment okay What's um first one would probably be to make my make my own youth ministry like as a youth pastor because like rather than rather going than to one that's already established like form one from scratch i mean yeah i would say form one from scratch if that's at all possible. Um, like go to, like not plant a church, but yeah. like go to a church that doesn't have a youth yes. pastor. Yeah. What would that, what that would look like would be a church that is either growing or it's small and it, the, yeah, there's like one person that works there <laughs> mm-hmm. and that might not be a paid position or if it does pay, it's very little. Yeah. But you know, that would be cool to mm-hmm. start something new and it's hard but it's i think you could find it very fulfilling yeah, like i would either it's either start from scratch like i would want to either start from scratch or like if it comes to it come back here like i think that'd be i just yeah. think that'd be a cool thing with like like come full circle and become the youth pastor here full youth pastor like, hey you never know man and that's what i'm saying like he's and I remember hearing replacements like hit me at week one of team camp, so that could mean something. I don't yeah, know. You never know. Um, and then my other goal for the future is uh, something that I want to I want to leave a legacy, and I don't want it to be where. And what do you mean by that? I don't want it to be where it's my name getting passed down and like a like a memory of me, but like. But kind of like, a, <laughs> I kind of want to say, 
like a reincarnation of me. As in, I, I think I, you, I, I, I think I, I know what you mean. Like, basically, f- show like I want to show other like people that I'm pouring into, like show the kids that I'm pouring into, that it's okay to be completely goofy and completely spontaneous yeah. in worship and with other people in church anywhere really so that way they can be like basically build up a leader like me so that they can keep going yeah and keep going like you replace yourself going. with like replace myself yeah, and they okay. can replace themselves yeah, and keep going and going and going not not literal reincarnation not li- like i don't mean like a literal reincarnation bee, come back as a bee like, or something i don't mean to come back at all i mean like a like re it's just a, Make myself again, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, like you replace someone. Yeah, to you replace, replace yourself. Yes. So basically, either two and goals. You, you inspire two, people to serve the role that you're serving here whenever yes. you're gone. And to be a, a servant leader. As yeah, well. yeah. Those are two awesome goals, and I think that your heart's definitely in the right place. And not only is your heart in the right place, but your head's in the right place, because those are two very important things because you always hear like whenever you hear the phrase your heart's in the right place about somebody or their heart was in the right place like they they meant well but they did something stupid no i think not only do you mean well but you're taking the things that you're wanting to do by meaning well and you're doing them in a correct and wise way and i'm excited to see where you go i'm with excited your life. too a little scared so, but i'm also oh, very excited that that never changes um yeah. i mean <laughs> Heck, I've been out of college for three years now, and it's been piece by piece me figuring out the life that I want to live. College was definitely needed, but it wasn't the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also happy to say that college wasn't where I peaked. I love the person that I am now and the things that I get to do now and the people I get to do them with. I love both serving as a youth leader here and being a friend and a family member to the people here while also creating media and telling stories. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm excited to see that you have found the thing that is your thing and you're not waiting to do them. You're doing them now. And because you're doing that, that's just going to set you up for success. And when I say success, I don't mean necessarily you know, a thousand kids in your youth group Mm -hmm. or millions of dollars coming into your bank account. But you will, when I say success, I mean, you'll have a fulfilling life where you're doing exactly what you're called to do and you will make a difference for the kingdom, whether it's millions of people or just 12 people. (laughs) Well, thank you for being my second guest on my podcast it was, you know it, it went fantastic. it went from my mom to you so be honored <laughs> all right thanks dude thank you